Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hello, everybody. Today, we're here to discuss growing up differently and specifically growing up multicultural in the 60s and beyond. And today, the very special guest we have with me is my very own mum, also known as Mummy, um, <laughs> who is Candice Rickard. Hello, Mummy. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to be full of laughter. Oh, it will be. Right. So where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Manchester in a place called Malvern Grove. Okay. Okay, in Didsbury. And I had a very happy childhood. Uh, I had, uh, I'm a twin with a brother. Yes. And I had two brothers who were older than myself. Granny and your father, where were they from? Granny was from Manchester and my father was from Austria. Okay. And do you know where in Austria? Uh, Graz. Graz. Okay. As far as I know. But yes, this is the thing and we yeah. will get to this later. But as far as we know, because there is a lot that we do not know about that side. How was your home life different to other children in your area? Different in the sense that we were brought up in a very continental atmosphere at home and wasn't particularly English and the food was very different. We always ate continental food. What do you mean by continental? Not particularly English, not your steak and chips, not fish and chips. It was, a lot of it was German and Austrian food like schnitzel, kartoffelsalat, uh, Monika, which is a, a cake that uh, my mother made, which was very German. I've never heard of that one before. It's taken me 32 <laughs> years to hear about this cake. You've never made so it So she was me. a very, very good cook and she cooked an awful lot of um, so, Austrian food. But obviously she wasn't the Austrian one. So no. he asked her to cook that food or she volunteered to cook different Well, she food? volunteered. She liked cooking very much. And so she thought it was very interesting for her to cook something a bit more original than the English dishes. English food, by the way, is very nice cooked properly. We're not dissing English food either. Did you ever get teased or bullied about your origins or your surname? Because your surname, your maiden surname was Bauer. Yes. But also when you were even younger, it was von Falkenau at one yes. point, Yes, right? well, at school it was very important that I went to a mixed school. and um, So boys and girls. Boys and girls. And all the girls used to play together and all the boys used to play together. We never mixed, they never mixed the girls and boys. Okay. And it was very important that if you were in, you were English, that you didn't say where you were from if you had a parent that was um, from a different country because you were poked. People used to mock you or make fun of you if you said you were half Austrian or German or anything like that. So it was very important that if you were brought up in England to keep that side quite quiet. But your surname was different. Yes, but they didn't realise the children then. They just saw me and, and I was spoke English well, correctly. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so um, no, so I never used to say, oh, I'm half Austrian. It wasn't something that I made a point of saying at all. Because at that age, when you're six and seven and eight, you need to be accepted in a group. Did the teachers ever make any comments? No. Or adults? No, nothing at all. But could nothing they spell your surname? 
Bauer, yes, because it was quite easy, B-A-U-E-R. It got more difficult when my father changed our name to Von Falkenau. Sounds better. Maybe it sounds better, sounds Charlotte. Classier. But he thought that we should change our name to Bauer von Falkenau because apparently he said that it was his name from his family side when he was living in Austria, in Graz. And why shouldn't we use it? Mm. So he had to change all the paperwork, all the passports, which is a long process, as you can imagine. Yeah. So we changed it all and then we started to use it and nobody could spell it, nobody could say it. So after I think it was about a year, we changed it. To, we changed it back to Bauer. Oh God! Do you still remember how you had to spell it out for people? Yes. Go on. V o n f a l k e n a u. So it's something that was just there for a short period of time. Right. So you keep saying apparently each time you refer to your father mm. about his origins, about his name, etc. But obviously. I think it would be interesting if we talk a bit about what we've found out recently in the past few years. So he passed away when you were how old? When I was 21. Okay, so he passed away when you were 21 and a lot of things about his life he never really said. He was, he was quite secretive. He was very secretive, really. He never said anything much at all. Um, all we knew was that he was an only child. Okay. And his uh, mother was called Julie. And that's it. He and then he was from Graz. And then he was from Graz. And nothing else. Fine. Nothing else. So how long ago was it where I started to think, I want to research this? Was it about 15 years ago or something like that? No, I don't think it was. We were still living in Geneva. Enough. Still so, living in Geneva. Yeah, so it must be 15 years ago. I think you started to ask questions and you think it, you thought it would be interesting yeah, if we could and, find out a bit more. And I started for your, for to you. Google Julie von Falkenau, von Falkenau, Graz, mm. etc. Mm. And things that started to come up were um, pointing towards him potentially having been Jewish and the years that he left Austria, etc. And then we sort of left it at that. And then my sister Emily, um, a few months ago, started to look it up on um, some different websites, etc. Mm. and actually found some potentially credible proof that he was in fact Jewish. Well, we don't know that 100%. Oh, and he was Czech. Not Austrian, mm. or but mm. which at that which time was understand. part of the same empire, mm. etc., and that he was actually from Bohemia. Mm. That he was from a place called Falkenhau, mm. which is why he would have wanted to use that name potentially, and that he was a waiter there. Is that mm. correct? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think you and Emily have found out an awful lot more than I did. Yes, it is very interesting. I don't know whether it's 100% true or not. But a lot of things coincide because mm. he then, that same person then went to South Africa. And yes. then we have proof of him arriving in Liverpool via the docks, more he was, or less he, at the same he was time. Supposed to, he was supposed to go to South Africa to live there. Yeah. And because of bad weather, the ship was uh, had to stop at Liverpool. Okay. And he didn't have any papers, so he had to get off. 
And that's what happened. So otherwise, uh, he would never have met uh, my mother. So hang on, how did he get to Liverpool to Manchester? From Liverpool to Manchester? Oh, he stayed in Liverpool for a time and worked there. And then he got to Manchester. And then we also found out in recent years that he had a whole other family before he got with Granny, right? Two boys. We didn't know that until he died. And so was that family in Liverpool or in Manchester? The brothers, I think, were in Manchester, so I have no idea whether they were in Liverpool and came to Manchester. I have no idea. It was extremely secretive. And how did he meet Granny? He met Granny on um, a date. It was somebody else's date. that They said, go and meet this fellow. He sounds nice. What do you mean somebody else's date? It was somebody else who was supposed to go in her place. Hang on a second. I didn't know that. Mm. I knew it was a blind date. Blind date. But what, somebody the guy else. chickened out and then he sent... No, 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 the girl. It was a girl, I think. And she said, I can't go, you go and meet this fellow. And she did. And it was under the uh, a clock at uh, a station. I can't remember which station. And of course, he was very, very different. She was only, I think, 18 or something like that. And he was very uh, tall, uh, broad shoulders, very good looking, very handsome. And it's a bit different from having the uh, Englishman of that p- period of time, which How was How much very older was he? 13 years. Wow. Yeah, so at that time, that was quite, quite a, lot. a lot. Quite a lot, yes. I and mean, then how much time did they get married? She was married at 19. Was she pregnant? Uh, she had Christopher at 20. How about language? Because obviously there's some words that we use and we've always considered to be like our family words, which are and sound Germanic. Yeah. And some could even be Yiddish. Well, so you say, Charlotte. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was always brought up with using these little words. But you never learnt German. No, unfortunately not. My father... Or Czech. ...never had the patience to speak to us in German or Austrian at all. Did you ever hear him speak it to other people? No, never. Funnily enough, never, never. Even when he got cross, he'd never swear in it. No, he'd always swear in English. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have quite an accent? Not a particularly heavy accent that I can remember. Maybe my, you know, it's a long time. But uh, he, he did have an accent. He did have, but not a very heavy one. Did you ever feel growing up that he was different to other people in the sense that he wasn't British? Were you very aware oh, yeah, of he, it? He stood out like a sore thumb. What, physically? Physically, uh, the way he dressed, uh, the way he behaved. He, he was somebody very, very different. You would notice him if he walked in a room because he's just so different from the usual kind of, the usual English people that you would get at that period of time. Did you ever feel like that? You mean myself? Different, yeah. Oh, I felt different for a long time. <laughs> oh, this feels like a whole other chapter that's opening up. <laughs> but because obviously... Yes, you know, for people that can't see and are actually listening to the podcast, my mum is blonde, blue-eyed girl, Uh, pale skin. Germanic. Yeah, but it could also be British. But we recently did a DNA test and you came back more Scandinavian than anything else. True. So 
did you ever feel different or did you just feel that you fitted in and that was fine and it was just your surname that was different no not really I always felt from being very young that I was not really English I always felt a bit continental okay I think it's because the way we were brought up for a start and I've always felt a little bit different even today a bit alien why not (laughs) and then so obviously you grew up in Manchester and Mm. then you left school at 17 okay and you started working yeah and through your different jobs those led you to live abroad yes so where did you move to at what age I moved to I wanted I had a hankering shall we say to be a guide a tour guide okay and uh, I wanted to do that. I thought I must do that before I settle down and get married because you, something you can't do if you have children. So I was very fortunate. In those days, you didn't need university uh, degrees to get jobs. There were jobs in all the papers. It was, it was quite easy to get a job, quite easy. I decided to uh, go for an interview in London mm. and Hellas Tours. It was a Greek company. I love how you're plugging them even nowadays, like <laughs> Helios Tours. Hello. Helios Tours. Can't this is back. So anyway, I went for the interview and um, it was uh, an interesting interview. They wanted me to speak a little Greek or so I had Ochi and, you know, a few Calimera. words like Calimera, Calispera. Uh. And uh, I was very fortunate I got the position. So how old were you? I was, I think, 23. Okay, so you move out to Greece. I moved out to Greece. I Where were was, you living? I was living just outside Greece, near Corinth. Sorry, just outside Greece? Just no. outside <laughs> the centre of Greece, sorry. In Corinth, near Corinth, where near the Corinth. Corinth Canal is. And I was in a hotel and I had about 250 people a week. So you lived in the hotel? I lived in the hotel. I had okay. to because I was very, very busy, very busy. Okay, and so you were working as a tour guide? A tour guide. I used to go to the airport which was two hours away in the center of Greece Athens in the center of Athens Mm -hmm. to bring back 250 people each time and believe you me so many people with so many problems so I was always busy and then I gave talks about the visits the 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 places they could go and see and it was uh, it was good it it taught me a lot about myself taught me a lot of patience and it I never regret doing that job. It was a very good job. So how was it for you living in Greece? Well, it was very... I didn't really see many, many places because I was always in the... I was in the hotel an awful lot, dealing with problems with all the people. With 250 people, it's a lot of people. But I did get out to some of the areas, Delphi, uh, Athens itself, with the visits, because I was a tour guide, so I had to show them around and so forth. So it was interesting. And how did you find it meeting people in Greece? You didn't have time for that. In the busy period, the holiday season, you don't have time to meet anyone else really, except the people in the hotel, except your clients. So it wasn't as easy as that. And so how long were you living in Greece for? I was living in Greece, it was uh, for the summer. It was about eight months and then I did two years altogether. So you did eight months, then came back to the UK for a few months. Yes, and then went back. And then, so you ended up getting married out there. Yes. To a Greek man. Yes. And what initially attracted you 
to the idea of marrying a Greek man. Because again, you're from a mix of cultures mm. and he was from a completely different culture. Mm. So not even one of your two mm. cultures. Mm. Was it that you particularly liked the Greek attitude, the Greek culture? You clearly at one point saw yourself staying there. Well, I must admit it was a big mistake really. I was 26 and when you were 26, at that period of time, most women were married, had children. And I thought I'll, I hadn't really known anybody. I was very busy in my life working. I thought I'd better find someone to get married. So it was a big mistake. What year was this in? 81. Okay, and so how long were you married for? I think it was a year and a half. Okay. Very shorter. And then you were living in Athens. Lived in Athens. Then I lived and worked in uh, Corfu. And then after that, the marriage ended. You moved back to Manchester to be with Granny, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, you met a gentleman from Switzerland. Yes. Yes, I was the assistant manager of a car hire firm um, in Manchester. Do you want to plug the name? No. <laughs> no. What was it, it doesn't called? doesn't exist anymore, What was it think. called? Town and Country uh, Car Rental. How did you use to answer the phone? Hello, my name is Candice, Town and Country Car Rental. May I help you, please? There we go. Mm, there we go. And then uh, he hired a car. I wasn't supposed to be working the weekend. And it was the manageress who said, Candice, can you help me out? She's got a big party on. Can you come and do the weekend for me? So I thought, well, since I wasn't doing anything, I said, OK. And then in he walked and then it was good food. Love at first sight. Yes. But you were still wearing your wedding ring. Yes, but we had finished, but I left it on because I didn't want to be bothered by men at all. But this particular man bothered you. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully he did, Yes. So just to make it clear, this particular man is my dad. Yes. And he pursued you in a very tasteful way. And you answered to his pursuit. And within how many months did you move to Geneva? It was, uh, we met in May. And in August, I was living in uh, Switzerland the same year. Ka-ching. Yeah, but you know when it's just right. So that was in 85. 85? 85. 85. And you got married in 86. Yes. How was it moving to Switzerland? And because obviously it's a different language again. It's a different culture. Well, I'd already lived in uh, Greece for a time. Yeah. So I was very at ease living elsewhere as well. And with someone that you love deeply, it's it's not that difficult. And um, the language, I went to a uh, school whilst I was there for a few months to learn French, because I only knew the basic words of French, you know, we learned at school. And then after that, I used to listen to the uh, television, the radio and so forth. But it was very difficult for me because a lot of the people there wanted to practice their English. Mm. Uh, So when I tried to speak French, they would say, no, 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 let me uh, practice my English. I have to practice. So it it was difficult. And I think uh, because I was nearly 30, it took me about, I would say, two years to speak French correctly. But many times at about, if we were speaking French or we were in a French um, atmosphere, you know, people speaking French, I would switch off maybe about nine o'clock at night because it was just too much, too much. I couldn't take it anymore, but it got better and better. And uh, eventually uh, I'm now fluent in French. But you always kept an accent. 
I suppose so. Yeah, you do, but me. <laughs> I suppose accent. so. You're not accentless. No, which is a shame, but never mind. Um, yeah, but also I think learning a language at that age, that you just, in your 30s, it's just, it's, you can't no. not have an accent. No. It's impossible, especially... It's very true. ...different root of language. So if it had been at least, you know, maybe an Anglo-Saxon root language, maybe you would have been able to have less of an accent. Mm. Um, mm. And then, excitingly, you're now in mid-process to get your <laughs> French nationality. I am indeed, yes, I am indeed. It's uh, I passed my uh, French exam a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, I was highly delighted. But you were quite stressed. I was a little stressed because I only wanted to take it once. I didn't want to take it uh, the second and or... And you've been studying really, really hard. In the summer. For the summer, but also for the better part of last year, you yeah. were studying and you yeah. were really... Because I think as well, so you moved to London 10 years ago. Yes. From Geneva. Yes. And obviously coming to London, using your French less, and I'm guilty of it as well, losing some vocabulary. Well, you do lose it quite easily. Because you just don't use it as no, much. No, And so it was all of a sudden practicing your French more and actually making the effort, etc. Mm, mm. um, and so... It all paid off. Because I did better than I thought I would have See? done. So I was very proud of myself. And obviously, I just mentioned you moved back to the UK 10 years ago. Yes. After, what, 20... 25, 26 years. Yeah, yeah, out of the UK. Yeah, yeah. Were you a bit nervous about coming back? No, not at all. Did not you want to come back? I was very happy to come back, in a, in a sense. And I love London, because I'm from Manchester. I'm a Manchester girl, really. And But I think London offers so many things for everybody, seven days a week. It's impossible not to like London. And I know you love London, and your sister as well. Geneva's very nice, very small, and it's very, it's not open as it is here in mm. London. It's very, as you know yourself, Yeah, I know. There's, there's not much to do there. Where do you consider your home? Oh, here now. Here now, London. Oh, yes, I do. Now. Yes. But would you ever have considered moving back to Manchester instead of Never. London? Never, never. I, I went back to Manchester a few months ago and I didn't like it at all. It's changed so much. Yeah, I know. We went back together. Yeah, so we, went, we back. went back in June 2019. We actually went to see the Spice Girls in Manchester. Mm. Um, it was which my was birthday good fun. and on the actual day of the concert, which was amazing. And we went with my mum, my dad, my sister and my husband. And I dragged them to see the Spice Girls, turning 31, seeing the Spice Girls. Best thing ever. And because it was in Manchester, we also used the opportunity to go around Manchester with our mum and for her to show us mm. her Manchester and also to visit Didsbury, which School. I think the last time I'd seen Didsbury or the house where my mum grew up, I don't know, must have been really tiny because my grandma passed away when I was 14 and since then we just haven't really returned mm. back to Manchester. And it must have been really bizarre for you to see it all like that because you hadn't been back in, what, 16 no. years? no. No, I hadn't. It was very bizarre. It was strange, really. But it was nice for me to go back and show you, show you both, you know, the house, the school and so forth. Nice, nice souvenirs. But no, my, my home is in London. I, I prefer London much better. Manchester, as I say, has changed enormously. And uh, it's not as nice as it used to be when I was a little girl.
obviously we've spoken about you growing up with two cultures, but how was it for you bringing us up? So blending your own two cultures Mm. with then daddy's two Mm. cultures, Mm. because for Mm. those of you who don't know, my father is half um, French, half Spanish, and we'll have him on in a future season as well to discuss that side of things. So really mixing the sort of Northern European with Southern European, Mm. and then obviously the blend of languages that we had at home, French Mm. and English, and you were bringing us up in a country that wasn't yours Mm. and isn't daddy's either. So how was that for you? We understood the principles, what we wanted to do with the children, what we wanted to do with you and so forth. So we were very strict in the beginning, whereby, as you know, I would only speak English to you. In terms of language. In terms of language, yeah. yeah. Only English. And do you remember? You used to come up to me and speak French and I used to say, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't remember. I only remember because I've seen videos of it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Because you would come up to me and, and say what you wanted to say in French and I'd say, listen, listen, Charlotte, I don't understand what you're saying. Go away, think about it and come and tell me in English. Come well, yeah, back. Yeah, because you were the only weirdo that didn't speak French. Well, there you go. But it worked. Well, yeah, because I wanted to get what I was asking you for. So exactly. I, had to, I had to say it in so English. So we were very strict about that. And uh, we decided that you would have half... Uh, schooling in English and half in French. Yeah, so you divided it in primary and secondary. Yeah, exactly. But I think it was also important, you know, looking back on it now, I actually realised that you made sure that we still did things at home, taking into consideration British things and French things, particularly because obviously you grew up more in a British culture. Mm. Daddy grew up more in a French Mm. culture. Mm. Both of you have this sort of culture within you that you didn't really grow up in being your Austrian Germanic Mm. heritage and daddy Mm. his Spanish Mm. heritage. And you know, very much all of the cartoons and videos and stuff like that Half were in English, half were in French. Always. The kiddie books, half were in English, half were in French. Always, yes. Um, All these things that we would do, everything was always trying to be half-half. Obviously, normal TV back then, Sky was just starting. So most of the TV was actually in French. But Mm. then you'd get Granny to ship over all the Disneys in English, for example. And, you know, even Daddy really made the effort for us to grow up having that English culture Mm. by taking us to Jersey in the yeah, Channel Islands right. in the summer so that we would go to the beach and read a Beano and a Dandy mm, mm, and watch Postman Pat mm. and all of those things giving us that hint of a British childhood in a way. Which is very important. And you know, I even, don't think we did too badly. That's okay, I've turned out not too bad. But you know, even the fact of how we do Christmas, we do Christmas more the English way than the French way. Yes. So we do Christmas, for us Christmas, the big day is on the 25th, 25th. Christmas That's right. day. That's right. Whereas for the French, it's midnight on the 24th. Exactly. Um. So there's all these things where there's been a sort of to and fro and you know, down to silly things like where do you put your hands at the table when you're eating? You grew up, your hands had to be on the table or under the table? On. On, whereas daddy, it's under the table. So I remember that sometimes we'd put one hand on, one hand under, and then, but yes, but no, but... So there's all these mix of things that we sort of took into account and grew with. And I just think it's interesting the way that you blended it, because for me, it now comes very naturally. 
And I think it'll help me the day I have children with Antonio and blending in his cultural aspects into it as well. I mean, our well, kids are Let me ask you a question. Do you think we did a good job? Oh, question on me. A question on you. Um, yeah, I think you did. I don't think it was easy. No, um, it wasn't. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it wasn't. No, not because of you, but because of because you have to be very, very strict about people, certain things. Did people ever look at you bizarrely in Geneva when you were speaking to me in English? No, never. I mean, it is an international city. It, a very cosmopolitan place, Geneva. Always has been. So no, not at all. But people still... I think they admired the way that you both spoke English and French and you could stop speaking one language and turn to the other language yeah. so easily as you remember. But still nowadays people find that yeah, bizarre. But, but that's... Cool I mean, we're whatever. talking about the past, Charlotte, when you were a little girl yeah. and you used to chop and change in the languages so easily. True. Just like your sister. So, no, I think they admired you. Mm. And they thought, even then, wow, you've done a good job because, you know, and they used to say it takes, you know, you've got to take time, you've got to understand, you've got to be rigid in in speaking one language yeah. and not the other. High five, did a good job. It's time for... The bitch fire round! So, I will ask you a question, and the example one is dog or cat? Dog. Right, ready? Yes. Netflix or Prime? Netflix. Bath or shower? Shower. ASOS or Zara? Zara. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Coffee or tea? Neither. <laughs> Winter or summer? Summer. City or countryside? Countryside. Vintage or new? New. Instagram or Twitter? Neither. <laughs> you know what they are at least. Yeah, right? I do know what they are. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mummy, for coming on today. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and clearly finding out that actually Granny was never supposed to go on this date and took the place of somebody else. Even learning new things nowadays. Well, there and you go. Um, do you have a social media handle, Mummy? No. No? Do you no. know what it is? No. <laughs> I don't know what it is. What is it? It's what your Facebook is called or your Instagram is called. Oh, no, called. I don't have that. Oh, you don't have that? No, I don't have okay, that at all, no. fine. Well, do you want to just say bye-bye to everybody bye -bye, then? Bye-bye, everybody. It's been a <laughs> pleasure speaking to you all. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Au revoir, bitches.